This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Tickles the chimp. And the World Wrestling Federation! Welcome everyone to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads continue the debate which is better, AW WWE! We are here via our Ico-Power DeLorean asking which is worse, Nitro or Raw? That's what we're doing. Who be we? I be fake radio presenter without portfolio. Former cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell. Got my interest slightly wrong. See if you can spot the error. I'm with the mulligan to my O'Hare, Jack Atkins. Jackins from cultaholic.com. How are we, sir? I'm all right, Tom. How are What's you? What's a lovely orange hat? Oh, thank you. What does the S stand for? Uh, Supreme. Ah, oh, because you are. I am former American deathmatch <laughs> yeah. legend Supreme. I knew it! Yeah. Knew you from somewhere. Yeah. Have you had a lovely week? Uh, yeah, it's been all right, actually. I realised I wasn't following you on Instagram until about two hours ago. I know. I feel fucking awful. It's all right, Tom. It's not all right. You follow me in real life and that's all that matters. I do, but you've told me to stop. <laughs> but that's I, only in front of people. Please <laughs> continue, fun. really. Oh. But on your Instagram, I just I enjoy the latest exploit of Louis. Oh god! So, so Louis <laughs> is is Jack's th- th- thick cat. Yeah. <laughs> Who will start most days just shouting? Yeah. So <laughs> recently, um, Louis decided at like three in the morning that he wants to really get into the wardrobe. And he starts scratching at it. And I'm just like, Louis, just, just piss off. And he goes, right, okay. And then buggers off a bit. <laughs> and then comes back and starts trying to get back in. <laughs> so uh, at the time recording, it's November 1st. So yesterday it was um, a spooky day. And in between watching spooky things, I thought, right, I'll hang up some, I'll hang up some bits. Open the door and he was like, right, get in. Straight in there. <laughs> jumps on top of a pile of shoes, but facing the wall of the wardrobe. <laughs> and he's like... I don't know where I am. (laughs) What? What? what, And I was like, oh, Louie. So uh, I I put some evidence on Instagram (laughs) of just him, just looking at me and going, "Uh." (laughs) what am I doing in here? How do I get out? 
All he wanted was to get... It's Whenever cats have a door they can't get into, all they want to do is just get, in, get yeah. through that door. Our front door, um, I think I've mentioned this on a few podcasts, like Pablo likes to go out and do his rounds. And so on a morning, he'll be like, <laughs> we call it rounds, it's like a communal <laughs> corridor, <laughs> like he's a night watchman. Like, he'll want to do his rounds. I say it so casually, because that's just what I'll just, I'm going to take him out and do his rounds. And, uh, and he'll just burst through the... Sometimes he'll burst through the door and he'll be like, right, okay, yeah, everything's in order here. That's all fine. Or sometimes I'll open the door for him. And like he did this morning. I was, he's like, meow, meow, scratch, scratch. All right, you want to do your rounds? Open the door. And he just sits where he is. He looks around. And without moving, he just looks left and right and then just runs back into the living room. He's like, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, no, it's, I've seen enough. Cats are great and weird. It's, it's only Louis that does it because Poppy, who, for the record, the normal cat, she is my favourite. <laughs> Louis, I think, is is the podcast. L- Louis, Louis, the star, but yeah. Poppy's the engine. She's the one who calms me down. She's just so chilled. And there's doors and that, and she's like, "I'm not ass." She was like, "I used to live in a bin. I'm fine being exactly where I am." <laughs> See, that's it. Like, uh, this is the gl- a glory of having cats that you know were, were homeless or stray. Mm-hmm. Is that you know. The one thing for them, and I always get anxious because where we are, like, we haven't got a garden for him. So we're like, is he all right? Is he happy? And he's like, well, look, if he's got access to food and water, if he can sit and look out the windows, if he's got scratching posts and some toys, honest to God, he's over the moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he's just like, I ain't got to live in a bin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the dream. <laughs> what else has happened this week? Um, what else have you been doing? Let me think. Went to see the new Wes Anderson film. Oh, you mentioned this this morning. Yeah, it's it's probably his worst film. Oh no, it's not a bad film. It's just it's if if, if, if anyone out there has seen Wes Anderson, you'll know that he's he, he likes to sniff his own fart a bit. <laughs> but on the whole film at one point, pretty much yeah. But this one, it's just it's very self indulgent and it is it's good, but it's just. Is it a case of he's he sniffed too strong? Yeah, yeah. I think he needed to be reined in a little bit. People saying, "Oh, save save some room for dinner," but no, he was just he was falling on the farts. Oh, it's, it's, I'm not saying don't see it. I'm not saying it's a bad film. There's great performances in it, but it it was just a bit just there. Yeah. It was just there. What movies are really hit hit for you this year? My film viewing has become terrible. I used to be a proper film gimp. Hmm. But now Sean can't be asked for films because obviously my, um, my girlfriend Sean's a midwife. So when she's come back after doing a 13 hour shift <laughs> covered in God knows what, the last thing she wants is me going, oh, Sean, this amazing three hour long Japanese <laughs> poignancy. Nah, she's like, no, nah, I'm not bothered. She was like, no, I'm, I'm going to bed. And I'm like, OK. Um, and I like, I like watching films with people, so... Um, I'm not too sure. Yesterday for Spooky Day, though, we rewatched The Lighthouse. Oh, nice. Because we live by a lighthouse, and I thought it'd be worth it. So then you can go, oh, what if that's happening over there? Yeah. uh, This is The Lighthouse. Weird men wanking. was like at my lighthouse. Did you uh, did you get up to anything spooky yesterday? Uh, Okay, so um, Alex worked in the morning. So, like, she was out of the house at, like, four. And then I worked in the afternoon, so... I was out at the house about 12 o'clock and then I didn't get in until about half seven. We had, a, I guess, a spooky lasagna for tea. <laughs> we were going to watch. 
<laughs> the lasagna that was alive all along. <laughs> um, we were going to watch Hocus Pocus. Mm. We said, do you know what? Let's let's get some let's get some some sweets in and let's watch Hocus Pocus. That'll be a lovely Sunday night. And that was the plan. So I got in, and Alex was like, I'm just tired, and my throat hurts. I don't know why. and I don't want it to be co- It's not COVID. <laughs> Every time someone's ill, you go, it's not COVID. She's like, I've got a bad throat. I'm tired. And um, so I said, hey, look, it's okay. We can, we'll have some sweets in a bit. Let's. And she had Bailey Sarian on when I came home. Mm. I don't know whether you're familiar with the work of Bailey Sarian. No. She's excellent. So she's a YouTuber. She does a show called Murder, Mystery, and Makeup Monday. Uh-huh. And... Um, she basically does her makeup whilst talking about some awful horror stories that she's also like real life murder stories that she's read and fascinating. I just really like it. I really like she's a really funny character to watch. So we sat and watched that for a bit. And then I, I moved to the idea of, hey, should we put Hocus Pocus on? Alex fast asleep. I was like, yeah. Okay, that's, that's spooky day done. Yeah. That's the, that's the spookiest one. So me and Pablo watched a bit of Bailey, Bailey Sarian and then everybody went to bed. <laughs> well, that's, that's an insight to our American <laughs> friends out there that for our generation and the older ones. Well, town really was heaving as I came through. Like Newcastle City Centre was yeah. jumping. It was chucking it down in rain. And I remember I, I've reached a point now. I'm 37. And I reached a point where I was just like, everyone is out and it's raining and I'm annoyed by the fact they're all out. Like, for God's sake, it's, it's horrible out here. Like there was, there was a group of girls and they all had like, they're all dressed as cheerleaders and they all had like tiny, like short skirts. I'm like, for God's sake, there's a point in my twenties, you know, as a, as a younger, you know, man, I'd have gone, Oh, hello. What a lovely thing to see on my way home. But <laughs> I'm in my late thirties. I'm like, for God's sake, come on. Here's a cup of soup. Go have on. a cup of soup. Put here's a, here's a coat. Dresses, dresses, somebody dresses. No one's dressed as the penguin. He comes with an umbrella. That'd have been perfect. That's my thought. Dresses the penguin. I was. I'm at that point where with Halloween, like I love the idea of getting dressed up and stuff. But every time it rolls round, I haven't thought about it. And then we get to like, the weekend for, and I go, I just like Alex would go. Do you want to do something for Halloween? I'm like, oh, no, no. The thought of going out for Halloween just just eats my soul. <laughs> <laughs> it really, and, and we don't know anybody having Halloween parties. We don't want to host a Halloween party, no. so it's just like I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know. We don't do anything. We'll yeah. watch a spooky film. We'll watch a spooky film, and then that'll be that. Then that's that's the same for me. I've never really been a Halloween guy, but I like to watch bits. I always watch. Um, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, that's cute. Because uh, Linus Van Pelt, me and him, we're uh, kindred spirits. You are, aren't you? Really? <laughs> yeah. So why why do you think you associate with Linus so much? I think I know why. He's just a bit world-weary, just kind of sits there, he <laughs> contemplates everything. He's like, do you know what? Who knows? Who knows what's coming? Who knows what we're doing? And hopefully a giant pumpkin will bring me bring me presents. So, you know. <laughs> I might be dead soon. There was something gorgeously um, um, bittersweet about Charlie Brown. Yeah. When you watch it, I think like everyone goes, oh, it's a cute car. It is, but there's a bit of melancholy to it. Yeah. Always melancholy to Charlie Brown. It's, I, I was saying it to Sean yesterday, because I think the cartoon specials are from the 60s. And it shows that we treat kids more like idiots now, because they're mm. talking about, um, you know, concepts to do with, I don't know, like the word coming to mind is decorum, but not, but the, the, they speak mm. like adults. They have neuroses, they have anxieties, especially Charlie Brown. And it's all set to, you know, jazz music as a weird dog dances. It's fucking <laughs> great. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 
it is one of those where you're just like, oh, everything's a bit poignant, but yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's there's a little sadness to it, which is which is quite nice. The Christmas yeah. one, especially, I think, oh, has definitely, a, yeah, has a lovely warmth to it. Hey, that can be that's coming soon. I listened to um, Gilbert Godfrey do a deep dive into Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown last year. I might listen to that again this year. <laughs> I was going to say, can you give us your best Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> I certainly can. <laughs> People may notice. <laughs> That it does sound like Barry the Shark. That may have been where the voice came from. <laughs> We're gonna watch Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Chew, and that's true as well. His podcast is sponsored by condoms. Uh, not condoms, uh, just, uh, things to get your pecker up. Yeah. For, for, for those only listening, um, you'll have missed Tom actually doing the Gilbert Gottfried eyes as well. Just absolutely screwed up, like they were filled with pepper and piss. Like I'm reading something very far away. <laughs> I can't make it out. Anyway, <laughs> let's head back in our DeLorean to the wrestling world in 1995. So we're going to uh, go through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, as we are getting uh, as we're getting deeper into October, uh, I have prepared this week things outside of wrestling. Remember last week I forgot. Well, uh, we're all allowed one. I'm allowed one. Yeah. I've had me one for the year. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are in the week of October the 9th, 1995. Uh, at the box office, Apollo 13 is still number one mm-hmm. in the UK. We got a few months later than America, randomly. And we got seven, which is box office number one in the US mm. still. Watch it, the box. Uh, this week in telly, uh, in the, obviously the OJ Simpson trial has wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the WWF's. WWF's thoughts about that. That was really hard to say. Yeah, they were, they, it, was, it, was, it wasn't hard for them to say oh at all. God, Let's do a poll. Uh, and like record numbers watching the the, the, the final moments of the mm. trial. Like it was like, it's that and only falls and horses <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like big TV watching in 95. Um, BBC Two has launched The Learning Zone, Jackins. Do you remember The Learning Zone? I did bits and bobs of it. Especially mm. when it became like bite sized towards the end of the nineties. Yeah. So this was over in the UK when TV channels would normally go off for the evening. They found ways to keep eyes on the television. And if it wasn't through the power of teletext, it was this, which is a series of like basically like a PowerPoint presentation yeah. looped through the night on numerous subjects. And the, the idea being that if you were studying at school or college, you record it through the night and then you could watch them back the next day. I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah. I, I, I miss that kind of proper public service broadcasting that as, as digital has come in and everyone's got boxes now and everyone's got 700 channels. We've kind of lost that on mainstream BBC, I think. Yeah, there's a, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough balance they walk between, you know, educating and strictly. Yeah. Um, as a, as a <coughs> freelance uh, member of the British Broadcasting Corporation, I, I don't wish to insult too much. I think they're doing a fine job. <laughs> fine bloody job. Fine bloody job. Fine bloody job. Uh, more power to them. More power to them, particularly in the Newcastle branch <laughs> and BBC WM, which I was on this morning. Um, this week in the music world, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds released Where the Wild Roses Grow. Ooh. 
Thought you'd like this. Oh well, it's 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 been spooky season, and no one's spookier than Nick Cave. He is the spookiest of all the spooky men. Uh, whilst uh, in, in contrast to that, Green Day released their album Insomniac, which is my favorite Green Day. Is album. that? I was going to see where it ranked with your favorites. Yeah, it's my favorite one because it's a bit moodier. Um, Green Green Day was a big childhood thing for me. Mm. Not as much anymore. Um, and I'm gutted because I've never seen them, but I probably wouldn't go see them now. Were they not touring with Fallout Boy? Wasn't there like a? I'm sure they, there was there was like the Hell Omega tour. Or am I yeah. mixing them up with somebody else? Oh no, I didn't. I'm sure the Hell Omega tour way off the pulse. Maybe because we had tickets to the Hell Omega tour, and the hilarious thing about the Hell Omega tour, it was um, it was Ric Flair doing the adverts for it randomly. I'm pretty sure it was Weezer, Fallout Boy, and Green Day. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm. Quite possibly. And they're all touring together. And then the world caught fire. Yeah. And then they didn't. <laughs> um, also, George Michael has released Jesus to a Child. I, I love... Uh, this is like this week was made for me. I love yeah. George Michael, yeah. It's a great... And do you know what? A gorgeous song as well. Yeah. Very, very lovely song from Georgie Michael Boy. Uh, in the video game world, um, the, the big standout is actually in keeping with what we're talking about. As WWF WrestleMania Challenge is being rolled Ooh. out in arcades this week. So inspired by Midway's Mortal Kombat series, so this is uh, a more cartoony, more slapstick approach to wrestling than we'd previously seen. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's elements of this game where they just, there's silliness, like Doink uses a big hammer yeah. years before The Fiend did. Uh, razor Ramon, for one of his finishers, his arm turns into an actual razor. <laughs> uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's fists catch fire. He can give you a big hot fist in. Uh, the roster contains just eight wrestlers. Uh, Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna, Doink the Clown, and Lex Luger. Mm. Whoops. Um, by the end of, well, this time next year, one, two, three members of that roster, four members of that roster will still be active in the WWF. <laughs> there was even less members of the roster in the SNES version, mm. which I will tell you why in just a minute. Uh, the match features Intercontinental and WF Championship modes, handicap matches, and the WrestleMania Challenge. Just a gauntlet, fight them all at the same time. Yeah. Programmer Mark Turmel said, I worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week, for six months to get WWF WrestleMania out. Christ! That's, that, that's game crunch. Yeah. Isn't it? That's what they, they're, they're, we're against that now, aren't we? It's what Cyberpunk got slammed of for. Of course. That and being shite. Yeah. But also the game crunch thing. Shortly after it was released, Midway executive Roger Sharp claimed that Adam Bomb appears in the, to be in the game. Many years later, developers said, oh yeah, he's a hidden character before going, actually he's in the game, but we didn't finish making him and he got, <laughs> and he got sacked, so we just didn't bother. He, he would have been great for that as well. He'd been so good. Yeah. I would, I'm intrigued to know what would Adam Bomb would have been like as a playable character. Got 9 out of 10 in EGM, did WrestleMania. Mm. PlayStation Port being the greater of the ports from the arcade. There'll be released sort of stagnated... There'll be a stagnant... Stagnated... Staggered release. <laughs> a staggered release of the home console versions uh, over the next six months, but we're just talking all about it now. I think we have that one. Did it, was, it was either that or In Your House, which was the sequel. Oh, In Your House just got just turned the, sh the silly bollocks up yeah. to 100. We had one of them anyway, because even though it was our wilderness years from the WWF, my mm. brother, who was 10 years older than me, he was, he'd was he bought a PlayStation Day release. So he was just like, ah, oh, wrestling game? Let's, let's get it going. I'll have that. So I was just like, ah, oh, I don't know who half these are, but I know The Undertaker and Bret Hart. So. And, were, and, that, and that was it. And that we, uh, was it you wouldn't know, because if, uh, if it was... 
WrestleMania, I think his finisher was still a tombstone. Yeah. If it was in your house, I'm pretty sure he just threw, like, two groups of fixes at you. <laughs> Probably, or yeah. skulls at you. I think yeah. they went silly bugger within your house. Love it. Um, so I, I did promise I'd explain why the roster is smaller in the SNES version. Uh, do go on. Okay, the SNES version contained six wrestlers as opposed to eight, having to exclude Bam Bam Bigelow and Yokozuna. Do you know why Bam Bam and Yoko would have been cut from the game? The horrible part of me knowing how horrible people can be because they were a bit fat. They were too fat for the game. Yeah. Sprites, due to the fact that their sprites were too large for the SNES's hardware to handle. Imagine, right, do you know what? If there was a, everybody says like when they get on, when they begin a weight loss journey, there's a, there's like a moment where you go, right, that's it, enough is enough. And then mm. you click into it and you're away. For me, it's seeing a photo of myself and going, right, that's it, I'm done. When you're too fat to get in a video game, <laughs> That should be a turning point. You'd have thought, because I, cause that, that affects you financially. Yeah. Because then you won't, because Yoko, Rodney Anawaii, won't get any no. anything from the game. I, I don't understand how a sprite can be too fat, though, considering the hardware was fine with things like Goro in Mortal Kombat, who's a big beast. My only thinking being is... Um, like there were so many other elements in the game that they could only support wrestlers being like of a certain maybe model. So, and, yeah. And therefore they, they would cut, you know, random bits out in order to get other stuff in, like yeah. to get sound bites in and commentary in. So therefore the idea of having more than one model size, you'd have to have like one that's quite big for Yo for Bam Bam and then rather big that's for Yoko. Yeah. So they go, well, we'll just cut them out and then we can... Add, add commentary. <laughs> add Visit Man's insipid commentary, just going, what am I doing? Unbelievable. <laughs> like, can I, can I have had Yoko? No, we want Vince Man saying unbelievable. Is that the choice? Okay. Uh, so those are some of the real world happenings from this week. Mm. Um, what about the wrestling world, Jackins? What's um, happening? It, was, it wasn't It was as meaty as the other week when we had a particularly meaty week. We did have a meaty week. Uh, there is some meat here, though, from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and good old Uncle Dave Meltzer. Uncle Dave. This is from the newsla newsletter, newsletter <laughs> dated October 16th. So recently we had that bollocks between WWF, WCW and All Japan Women's where it wasn't quite double booked, but mm -hmm. people were making deals with people left, right and centre and fragile egos got bruised. Um, we've seemingly reached a conclusion. Uh, basically, WCW went through their usual partners, New Japan, to bring in some All Japan women's stars for a pay-per-view on November 26th and the following Nitro, whereas WWF went straight to New Japan women's to get some stars to wrestle on Survivor Series. WCW and New Japan were fuming and threatened All Japan, uh, All Japan women, sorry, but they called their bluff and will send Aja Kong, Tomoko Watanabe, Lioness Asuka, Kyoko Inoue, Saki Hasegawa, and Chaparita Asari for Survivor Series. Okay, mm. so they've yeah, so so that's happening then. So they're getting yeah. the, so we're, we're getting a big women's match at Survivor Series yeah. with a lot of with with a lot of women wrestlers who are unintroduced to the American crowd. Yeah, I'm very nervous for how this will go. They're very very good wrestlers. Yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, we've kind of seen with AEW bringing in the um, Joshi Pro wrestlers that there's mm. a bit of a disconnect sometimes where you can appreciate them for being good wrestlers, but because the style is so different to what a casual fan's used to. Yes. You're just kind of like, ooh, ah, hmm. And, you know, you... Not quite... 
it's not if, if it's not what you're used to you're just like oh this is oh it's too different it's too, turn it off mother I don't like it uh, in other news WWF ran at Madison Square Garden on October the 6th here's some highlights for you oh here we go Barry Horowitz defeated Sir Mo yay <laughs> Madison Square Garden how many stars did that get <laughs> Five. Um, no, minus three. No, he, he was quite. He was quite uh, kind. One and a quarter stars. Well, fair. I was very mean there. Sorry. One, two, three. Kid defeated Bob Backlund. Oh, three. Dud. No. Dud. I thought that'd been all right. So yeah, so would I. Why was it a dud? Did he say? Did he just no. say a lack of like connections? And um, uh, HPK beat Davy Boy Smith by DQ. Uh, four. Three and three quarters. Oh. Uh, they were the highlights anyway. And uh, Taker's been working Mabel on the circuit. Oh, that's two. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now, this was a show. They Is this the show they reference on Raw this week? Because they do reference a show in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they do. Uh, that they did for the underprivileged and handicapped, yeah. organized by the mayor of New York. So I presume it's this show. I presume so as well. I don't think that the show was just for the un- underprivileged and handicapped. I think it was just a photo op. But right, it yeah. was a nice photo op considering all the horrible shite they'd been doing at the time. It's a very, yeah, they could do with some good PR this week, especially. Uh, many in WWF are expecting Jeff Jarrett to return and the same with Adam Bomb, which mm. we'd touched on recently. Um, and as we know, Jeff Jarrett will. Adam Bomb won't. Nah, Adam uh, Bomb's done. Yeah. He's not a happy boy. Yeah. Uh, Al Snow is to be pushed as a babyface, but not under the crow gimmick, which I had never I'd never now heard of this, this before. This lit a fire under my little balls. <laughs> Your lovely hot little my balls. lovely hot little balls. <laughs> because Dave said it so cash. Like yeah. one, we didn't know about it, and uh, and two, the crow. Yeah. As in, what Sting would become? Yeah. In nineteen ninety six. Yeah. And Amazing. I, I read up on it, and like with Sting, it was just Scott Hall saying, "That's that's money, though. That is money. Give it to Al Snow." <laughs> <laughs> that's, here, let's put all this money in a bag with a hole in it. That, that's amazing. I just <laughs> the idea that Scott Hall is backstage just telling everybody how fucking good the Crow is. Hey, I love that. Hey, man, the Crow. It's a bit like <laughs> I'm picturing it. Do you know the Lonely Island? Yes. Do you know they did that song with Michael Bolton? <laughs> Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Michael Bolton going, hey guys, I just got done watching the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> marathon. Have you seen those things? I imagine Razor Remote going into the river going, I've just seen the crow. Right, Al, you're the crow. You've got to be the crow. No. All right, bye. And then he goes, lads, you've got to do the crow. <laughs> One of you's got to do the crow. Now, we it's, we laugh and we, and, we, and we scoff. This will become... The, the greatest sting gimmick of all time. Yeah. But the idea of the, 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 the warm-up could have potentially been Al Snow doing the crow. Just <laughs> imagine John! The... Oh. What was that like? Send it to Al Snow. But imagine like <laughs> like chaos theory. Imagine if this went and happened, how much different wrestling would be if Sting wasn't the crow. Oh my god. He was just surfacing all the way through. Yeah. But just like a miserable surfer who's landlocked. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you've ruined, you've ruined WCW and I'm in, I'm in Sheffield. Oh, 
<laughs> this is awful. Hogan in the ring <laughs> looks up at the rafters and there's Surfer Sting with a surfboard under his arm. <laughs> it could have been very different, <laughs> but, I did, but I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't stop thinking about the idea of Al Snow being, mm. being the crow. And I, I like Al Snow a lot, and he's many things, but the crow is not one of them. But I'd love to have seen him try. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> going from a crow to a ghoul, uh, Bill <laughs> Watts is up to his old wrestling tricks. Is he being the crow now? Of course he is. <laughs> he's implemented a new WWF policy. Wrestlers aren't to know the finish of their matches on big shows until the day of the show, so leaks can't get out. This means they won't be able to plan anything spectacular. So, yeah, expect it to be scrapped soon when every match is shite. Yeah, so, but surely on the day you can plan. I don't know. I'm not a wrestler. No. No. But then, like, I think that WWF is still very like that now. We we did in the, you know, we've talked about in the news how a lot of tag teams that got split up in the draft didn't know they were being split up until they saw it online. Yeah. And, you know, it's not uncommon for WWE to withhold quite important information from their roster <laughs> just in, 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 out of the fear that somebody might tell the internet. It's, they're just cattle in Vince McMahon's eyes at the end of the day. Mm. Mind you, we are reading that from The Observer, so someone has told the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it was Al Snow. It was, it was like, Al Snow in the rafters is the crow. Not gonna be Al Crow! <laughs> oh! Why do we not think of that? Al Crow! <laughs> What does everybody want? Trill! <laughs> Stim headbutt on a small mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking trill. <laughs> Instead of a baseball bat, he could have had a millet mallet. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the ring and bopping gold dust on the arse. <laughs> it would have been great. Nuts flying off it. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, I want to get a millet mallet. You're reminding me now. Yeah. I wonder if Aiden had one, because uh, our, our regular resident news hound, Aiden Gibbons, mm. um, cosplayed as Crow's thing for Halloween. Oh, did he? He did, yeah. What? Yeah. Why didn't I see that? Yeah. Is it on his Twitter? Uh, I think it's on his Instagram. Oh, I'm going to check his... Do I follow him? I don't oh, know. He's probably not knowing you, Tom. No, me. I don't know me. I, don't, yeah. I, I did a mass unfollowing. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if I ever followed him in the first place. Uh, hang on. We can't do anything else until I see him. <laughs> oh, my God, he did! <laughs> oh, that's amazing. There he is. <laughs> big shout. Big shout, a big shot, Aiden Givens. There he is. Crow. As Al Crow. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a follow on the Instagram. He'll love you for it. Oh, that's ace. We're gonna get him on one day, aren't we? Yeah. I, th I, I can't. I think it's cruel. I think it's cruel to keep Aiden Gibbons a secret. Definitely. I think it's just cruel. We need to get him on here. He's just. This is so dry. You wouldn't expect him to be like old. He's a whippersnapper, isn't he? Like 23, 24. Oh, he, he carries himself like an old man. <laughs> he is a curmudgeon. And as a curmudgeon, we get along famously. Yeah. I said we do in the weekend. He's on mowing the lawn. <laughs> it's like. Mate, I haven't got a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you like some WCW news? Oh, go on then. Wet me whistle with a bit of dub C dub stuff. So Vader officially hasn't been released. Right. But he's still suspended without pay. Uh, he'll end up in Japan in January. So the plan of this moment is that Rick... F oh, sorry. These are two separate stories that I've put mm. in one fucking sentence because I'm an idiot. So yeah, um, Vader is... 
suspended without pay. Right. Yeah. So he's done. But yeah. he's expected to be... Is he expected to stick around? Nah, no. Nah, he's not. done any... Because yeah. he's, he's on... Uh, we know where he's going. Yeah. He's on his way to Japan. <laughs> to smash everyone's face in. Um, oh, how exciting. One of, one of my favourite WCW payoffs uh, here. The plan of this moment is that Ric Flair won't turn on Sting at Halloween Havoc <laughs> when they team against the Hon Anderson and Brian Pillman. <laughs> we are getting towards, on, <laughs> on the classic Nitro review, Halloween Havoc, which although everyone talks about the monster truck battle, mm. Arguably, the greatest moment is that tag match. And the moment the Ric Flair gets that stunning hot tag. Fuck off. off. <laughs> it's just the best. It's just the best. I cannot. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to have a lovely time going to watch along for that. A bit of ECW news. Go on. According to Dave Meltzer, there's a new Dudley brother called Bubba Ray. Wonder if he'll be any good. Ah, yeah. This will be Mark Lamanco. Mark Lamarco. Yes. Manco? Mark Lamanco. Monaco. Mark Mark Monaco Grand Prix yeah. is coming in. <laughs> this yeah, the expanding Dudley family. Mm. Uh this is this will be the gimmick that will that will look after old Mark for many years to come yeah. before he becomes the crow. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you've gotta be the crow. <laughs> Scott's like, one of you have got to be the crow. <laughs> Why don't you be the crow, Scott? I'm fucking that crow so much. I'm, I'm Scarface. Oh, I can't be the crow. Can't be Scarface and crow, you prick. Oh, Al is. Snow, get in here. <laughs> You're the crow. Al Crow, get in here. Al Snow in ECW is like, oh, I was meant to be the crow. It could have been me. Yeah. Been. Look at me, I'm fucking torn a mannequin. <laughs> I don't know why he's from Sunderland, but he is. I could have been the Crowley. <laughs> don't know why I was. Are you ready? <laughs> no. For some ultimate warrior bollocks. Oh, bollocks. Now bollocks, this. Bollocks, bollocks. This like. Bollocks, bollocks. This is a chunky boy, this, right? I had to, I had to chop through Dave Meltzer's absolute twaddle to try and make any sense he, of this. Look, we've said before, Dave Meltzer talks like jazz happens. He does, yeah. He's just, like, I imagine as he's writing, he's just got, and this happened. And it was probably this happened. Which, if you remember, was this time. Five stars. Although, hopefully, like many in the bebop scene, I hope that Dave Meltzer never dabbled with heroin. He's had so many drugs. Right. Ultimate Warrior Bollocks. Strap in, kids. Da, 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 da. So, Big Jim Helwig, he was meant to be the promoter of NWC in Las Vegas and was scheduled to work an event with Jim Neidhart at the Aladdin Hotel. Money. 15 minutes before his scheduled radio appearance, Jim rings up and says, uh, Yeah, my, my car broke down as I was driving in from Arizona. And he arrived at the hotel at 6pm, roughly 12 hours late. <laughs> Jim then went to his room, locked the door, put a block on his phone so no one could reach him, then emerged the next day at 11am. Fuck! What a prick! According to Google Maps, Scottsdale, Arizona to Vegas is a five-hour drive. So if he broke down, you couldn't imagine him being 12 hours late if he broke down roadside Unless assistance. he walked. <laughs> running, just... Yeah. <laughs> Pumping his fist and... <laughs> That's why he went to his room. He was tired. He had big sleep. <laughs> oh, the power of the universe. And, you know, some shit about skeletons. Couldn't he, that, innit? So the first thing he does the next day, he probably wasn't in a good mood. He went to breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, give me meat. Give me fucking two tons of meat. He then cashed in six grand in sponsorships 
checks to prove to the Sporting Commission and the venue that there'd be enough collateral for a return show. Jim then no-showed another radio show <laughs> and a public appearance at a laser tag venue who had given two grand in sponsorship monies. Uh, and at this laser tag venue, he was meant to do an angle setting up his main, again, main event against Jim Neidhart, and 300 people turned up for that. <laughs> Helwig then had a piss fit because he wasn't on the venue marquee for the show as it was promoting Danny Elfman's Oingo Boingo. <laughs> so- <laughs> So instead, he fucked off and no-showed the actual wrestling event. (laughs) Somehow, the show drew $14,000 and started started with either the other promoter or Jim Neidhart burying Helwig on the mic and calling him a wuss. Neidhart won a battle royal in the main event. Why were you putting Neidhart so strong in Vegas? Do you want to know who else they put over strong? <laughs> Go on. After he won a battle royal, after burying the Ultimate Warrior, he worked a double count-out singles match with fucking Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Imagine Ultimate Warrior driving the five hours back to Arizona, full face paint, fist pumping out of his convertible, <laughs> just going fucking Danny Elfman. Oh, go boy, go you! Oh my god, classic warrior bollocks. Just, I love it. I've never heard that before. I was just, just reading it, I was just like trying to make way through it, and as I was going on and on, I was like, this is this is ridiculous. I'm just more upset that 300 people went, Jim Nidart in the main event? <laughs> Shine me off! That was 300, yeah, just to the... The public appearance at a laser tag venue? Well, I mean, what's more 90s than that? Oh. Ultimate Warrior at a laser tag venue. That is Las what? Vegas. That's so 90s. My trousers just turned into Zubas. <laughs> <laughs> Forget Ultimate Warrior, though. Do you want some new Jack Bollocks? Yay! Oh, wow. We're rich. We're tapping the bollocks. Oh, mate. Tapping the, the wealth, the vein of bollocks for this. So to put it simply... I think I know what this one's about. and I, It's almost, <laughs> it's, 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 it's quite a... Uh, it's, quite, it's a different type of bollocks to the warrior bollocks well I summed it up by just putting New Jack has been a cunt again in ECW <laughs> so the, the gangsters beat Dancers with Dudley and Dudley Dudley in a tag match at an ECW event uh, Dancers with Dudley suffered a broken nose and was ended up working stiff during the comeback as they made their way to the back New Jack twatted Dancers in the back of the head with a nightstick and tried to throw him through a window Somehow, Mikey Whipwreck was in the middle and got his head put through a window before New Jack basically challenged the entire locker room to a fight and called Taz a kiss-ass. <laughs> just Mikey getting his head put through a window, just like, what's going on? I'll have you all, you bastard. New Jack later calmed down and apologised. The locker room wants them gone. Yeah. But Carney Paul Heyman decided to keep him as the next night's show was already in trouble without sacking New Jack. So the night after this, um, there was going to be um, a literal street fight, wasn't mm. there? Yeah, there was. And yeah, the, the, the kibosh got put on that. So he's like, we can't cancel a street fight and not have New Jack there. Um, so the event, the next night, the event went fairly smoothly. Uh, but New Jack still did a shoot promo on WCW and WWF, saying the WWF was run by a racist, likely Bill Watts, and uh, took aim at Jim Cornette by calling him every name under the sun. <laughs> we need New Jack on this show. <laughs> It'll die without him. 
Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis did have a banger two out of three falls match, though, which is a very good match. A lot of people do point that as like the best part of the yeah, show. Yeah, it was a very good match. When we say like a literal street fight was booked, like they were going to have a match like in the road. Yeah, and to which to which the athletic commission and the, and the local area went. No, like you haven't, you haven't told us you're going to do this. You can't just do it. Yeah, you'd have to get. You know, we need like paperwork and stuff for this. So no, it's cancelled. It's just thank God New Jack's here to cut that promo on who's a racist in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! The show is safe, everybody. And finally, oh, are you ready for some weird bollocks? Yay! God, this is great. This there's so much lovely weird bollocks in the nineties. It's at an indie show in Florida in front of about two hundred people. Greg Valentine and Brett Sawyer turned up and convinced promoter Bob Kale to dump Ned Brady and Vern Henderson, the two men who helped the put the show together. Kale then took the mic and publicly fired the two, saying local wrestlers were crap, with Sawyer then saying that he, Valentine, Hercules and other big stars were coming in. The local the local wrestlers were furious, the crowd were confused. This was not an angle. Greg Valentine wasn't booked. Oh my god! <laughs> they just turned up and went. Uh, we're running this now because it's Greg Valentine. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's right. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So, yeah. Because <laughs> it's Greg Valentine. We're, this is such a weird and wonderful time in wrestling where names like Jim Neidhart and Greg Valentine, they're punchlines now. Yeah. But at this point... There was still like, you know, we laugh about people coming out to watch Jim Nida, but like there was still some value because we're not 
a million miles removed from like the golden era. Still. Yeah, you know, we're we're still within touching distance of the golden era. So like Greg Valentine was a name. Yeah, during the golden era, as was Jim Neidhart, half of the Heart Foundations. Bret Hart's on Bret Hart's on TV. Owen yeah. Hart's on TV. Get Jim Neidhart, good enough. And well, when Neidhart would eventually come back, he'd be part of the top heel mm. faction in the company. He'd be straight in the top of the company. So there is, but that's so. I, I we will keep tabs on the Greg Valentine thing because he came in, went, "You're all shit. I'm running this now. I'll bring my mates in. I need to find out if he actually did bring his mates in, or whether this is just Greg who was bored one night, yeah. and the cinema was shut, yeah, <laughs> and just went, "I'm going to go to the wrestling." <laughs> He's just like, "Remember when I was a really good Intercontinental Champion 15 years ago?" That. <laughs> But now it's time for me to return and, and save this this promotion. What's it called again? Florida Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Right, crowd like, can we just have the table match, please? Good night, Springton. There will be no encore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a wonderful set of notes from oh. the wrestling world. Big fan of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's <indeed>. all right. <laughs> um, we, and I'm glad because this week's episode of Raw is uh, wafer thin. Mm. For stuff. My <laughs> God. Like this episode of Raw is very much like we are just, we're just getting some cold cuts off of this taping. Oh, Jesus. They really are. So, um, by the way, results from last week's uh, ratings war for Go you on, for last man. week. Uh, Raw scored 2.5. Yeah. Nitro scored 2.5. Mm. Oh. It's a draw. Dead heat. Dead heat. What? Everything to play for. So that was a live episode of Nitro yeah. up against a, a pre-recorded episode of yeah. Raw. And they drew the same number. What happened on Nitro? On Nitro last week, we had Ric Flair and Arn Anderson mm. uh, in, in, a, in a singles match that kind of had a bit of a hokey finish. And we had Lex Luger versus Randy Savage. And that drew with Raw? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is and, and we'll see as weeks go on, like Nitro properly, because they've got the money to do it. Nitro are properly hitting the panic <laughs> button early. They're like, no, we should have bad them every single week. Whereas Raw is just like, we can't afford to do live every week. We're just gonna do what we can. We're gonna hope for the best and see what happens. Uh so we are we are celebrating Columbus Day Hooray! on Monday Night Raw, according to Vince McMahon. Title screen is back. Mm. The lyrics aren't though. I think the lyrics are gone. Yeah. No more I like it raw. <laughs> Uh, we open with our main event and the main match of the show. Uh, before the match, we get video footage of Shawn Michaels and Diesel visiting a school in Washington. Mm. The school is celebrating a 98% attendance record. And this brings tears to the eyes of Shawn Michaels, talking about how honored he is to be a good influence on them. What? <laughs> I, I'm all for, like, hey, this school did something amazing, but attendance record? <laughs> is it... Is it just me who thought that Sean looked like he was on something? Here? He looked very warm, very yeah. clammy. Yeah, I don't think it's that warm there. I, I, I did think that. Obviously, this is conjecture on our part. Don't sue us, Sean Michaels. You might have been fine. Um, but he did look very sweaty yeah. and emotional mm. when they cut to him. And I can't help but feel like he might have... It was that time of the year. Yeah. It was that era. <clears throat> he looked a bit too... It, wasn't, it was not that warm in October. <laughs> he was very sweaty. Just, just saying. We get our first in-ring action five minutes into Raw. 
which is a long time when you consider that Nitro is like, like going, right, immediately, let's have a wrestling match. Yeah. Five minutes in, we get our match and we come back from break to have the match in progress. It's Owen Hart, the British Bulldog and Yokozuna versus Undertaker, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Owen Hart and Shawn Michaels have a nice, nice exchange at the very beginning of this and the match falls apart uh, as Diesel and Undertaker hit a double big boot on Yoko to send to the outside. Everyone's piling in at this point. Um, Yoko Samoan drops Undertaker. Cornette gives us his best punch from Punch and Judy, going, That's the way to do it! <laughs> Before Undertaker just sits up and twats Yoko with a DDT. <laughs> Did you pick up on the Punch and Judy? That's the way to do it! I, th- I think it was the fact that um, Jim Cornette was there with a load of sausages and a crocodile that gave it away. <laughs> Enter Waylon Mercy. Mm. He's watching the action from the top of the ramp. Apparently he has eyes on Diesel. I was thinking he might be looking at The Undertaker. Yeah. Mercy Undertaker has a really nice energy to it. Yeah. I can't say it'd be great in ring, but I'm talking character stuff. Like the aura. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he watches for a bit and then he just leaves. Um, <laughs> Michaels and Yokozuna have a very brief back and forth, which ends with Yokozuna dropping HBK with a urinagi. Yeah. As Shawn Michaels never saw eye to eye with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We'll never see him take a rock bottom. So this is the closest thing, <sighs> which is a shame. I mean, Sure, Michael's notoriously friendly backstage to everyone and everything. He was so nice to all people. But I feel that's the only, like, that's one of the last true dream matches for me in, in, in the Western of wrestling world, anyway. From that era. The Rock and Shawn Michaels. It would have been, yeah, Rock, Rock and Shawn, Rock and Brett, unless they wrestled at some point. I don't know if they did. I think Rock and Shawn would be a more tantalizing prospect. Yeah, like too entertaining. Yeah. The, you know, I, it, give me that match in like 07 or 08. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get it, so never mind. Um, Michaels takes a pacing from the heels for a bit. Somebody had to be the uh, the, the full guy in this match, <laughs> and it's the small guy. Uh, Dean Douglas comes to ringside, and he's taking notes. So we're just building other stories during this six-man tag. Uh, we have a commercial break, and the commercial break happens as Owen Hart is jumping off the top <laughs> rope. This Now, this is a pre-taped show. And I don't know whether it's the, and, and I don't know whether it's just badly edited or whether it is just a case of like you all like we need to make sure that we leave them on a cliffhanger. Yeah, because again they've <clears throat> gone Melrose Place with this, haven't they? They've said the, the language they used before was they want to make it like Melrose Place. So like you'd have like so basically Owen Hart coming off the top rope with a move. Yeah, is the equivalent of I don't know maybe a car about to drive off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just trying to decipher it in my mind palace. I mean, this. I think this is the third break, and we're only 16 minutes into the broadcast. It Gotta was make ri- all that money. It's ridiculous, though. And this wasn't even the last break in this match. There were more. <laughs> they just kept going. When we come back from the break, we realize that Sean moved out of the way. Hey. So in theory, they've been lying dead for minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Diesel gets the hot tag. He runs wild until Bulldog lands a running power slam. Yoko follows this up with a meaty leg drop onto mm. Diesel. And Bulldog gets the three. Bulldog has pinned the WWF champion just a few weeks out of In Your House 4. Mm. Post-match, Mabel b- wobbles to the ring. <laughs> He's a big boy at this, at this rate. Uh, Mabel and Diesel do a number on Undertaker, whilst Dean Douglas turns up again to beat up Shawn Michaels, dropping him on the steel steps. See you at In Your House, mate. Uh, mm. Did you see the blonde woman go for Dean Douglas? Yeah, I did, yeah. 
She looks uh, like she was up for it. To the, yeah, I've just put her. someone on front front row slaps Douglas's head. She was furious. Oh, Living. Yeah. Uh, we do go to another break. Uh, I think we do. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. When we come, wait, that was it. Because before we go to the break, though. We watch the heels, uh, so it's Owen, Yoko, Bulldog, and now Mabel and Mo. They do a biblical beatdown yeah. <laughs> on Diesel, Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels, uh, and 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 this this put me in mind of, and I don't know why. There was a really harrowing scene from <laughs> from a cartoon that I saw in the nineties. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> why is why is my harrowingness funny? <laughs> right. There was an there was an anime style version of The Wizard of Oz. Oh right. Designed for kids. Yeah. And there was a scene in it where the flying monkeys attack like Dorothy, the Tin Man, Scarecrow, the Lion, and they fucking leave them for dead. Wow. It's it's grim and I genuinely to this day it haunts me I think they kidnap Dorothy and then they they rip Tim Man apart they they pull all the stuffing out of Scarecrow I can't remember I think they just beat up the line I can't remember but it's genuinely harrowing fuck me that sounds rough it's I, I, I watched it when I was like 12 and here I am in 2021 talking about it yeah it lives there permanently I never I've not watched it since it probably wasn't as bad but as a kid watching it at like half six in the morning on channel four before going to mm. school like oh haunted me haunted me and for some reason, I just thought of this because it's that thing of like the ba- the baddies just completely overrun. Oh God, yeah. Michael's Diesel Undertaker here, just complete battering. Yeah. Uh, what, so that was, and and we go to a break, and then we come back. They're still trying to get Taker and Diesel out of the ring. Uh, so that's how badly they're hurt. What are your thoughts on our arguably our main match of the evening? <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler alert: there were only two matches this evening. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought the actual tag match itself was it was a good bout. It could mm. have been easily been on an in your house. Yeah. Um really solid. Everyone looked decent. Um but that post match beatdown was great. Um just like you said afterwards, Diesel's lying on the floor, Shawn Michaels has been suplexed on steps, Undertaker is just dead. It was it was really effective. I think Taker takes like leg drops constantly from Yoga and lot. Mabel. Like, I shoe in. And like you, every time I'm seeing Mabel near Undertaker, I'm like, when when does he break his face? <laughs> Is it this one? Apparently uh, not yet. No, nearly, no. nearly. The only thing is I felt Bulldog looked crap against Diesel. Yeah, he didn't look like he was a, a legitimate threat. No, he, he still needed Yokozuna's help. Yeah. And... But I guess that's Vince going, we've got to protect Diesel, but we've got to do something to make it look like Bulldog could have him. Yeah. And I guess that's Vince's way of figuring that out. I mean, the one like the the fact that Undertaker pulled Bulldog away from this pin yeah. makes everybody go, Oh, could that have done it? Yeah. Then obviously the leg drop casts some doubt on it. But either way, like that's what they're trying to do. But yeah, otherwise, I don't buy Bulldog no. being the guy. Which is unfortunate because he's been doing some very good work recently. He really, really has. He's been very good. So whilst they're trying to get Diesel and Taker from the ring, we get a very lengthy recap of uh, the Bret Hart, yeah, Jerry Lawler feud. Yeah. <laughs> we get Bret, re- we get Bret and Pierre from last week. Footage of that uh, and Isaac Yankum's post-match attack on Bret. We also get a replay of 
a big bulk of the match between Brett versus Yankum oh. at SummerSlam. <laughs> like a lengthy one with Vince and Lawler doing new commentary over it, like talking about like what happened during the match, the rivalry between yeah. Sean, between Brett and Lawler. And whilst all this is going on, they, they talk about next week's Raw. So we're getting a steel cage match next week. It's Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum. And should Jerry Lawler attempt to interfere in the cage match, he will be placed in a smaller cage and raised above the ring. Is this the last battle of Atlanta? What the fuck's <laughs> going on? Why do they keep going back to the Brett versus Jerry Lawler? Well, I just don't get it. I don't it's, get why they feel this is the way to go all the time. Why, why was it that WWF in 1995, like WCW from 97 to 2001, didn't have a clue what to do with Bret Hart. He's so good. And it just seems weird that, I guess part of it, they were using him to get over new stars. Yeah. But then the new stars weren't really sticking. And there was nowhere for them to go once they'd work with Bret. Yeah. You're so, you're so weak. Yeah. In the roster front that you work with Bret Hart, great, then what? Can I work with Diesel? Well, no, he's doing a program. Can I work with Sean? No, Sean's doing a program. Oh. Guess I'll work. In Japan, <laughs> with Iron Mike Sharp. Yeah, I'll go work. Jesus Christ, backlink, get here. Like that's like you're so weak at the top that that's what they're having. And more off, more than that, like this is this is a show that is full of padding. Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot to pad here, and and showing what ten minutes, I think it was maybe fifteen of Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum. Yeah was, I guess, a necessary evil if they had nothing else to put in the taping. Still, Jesus, where? It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, back to the ring proper. Raw is sponsored by Tyco. Makers of great toys. Mem mem your memories of Tyco? Uh, I was never a car kid. No. But I always used to enjoy like seeing the adverts for cars that could do flips and remote control stuff. But the, the, like, was it Hot Wheels that Tyco did or Matchbox? They certainly did cars. They did cars, but it was more like the, the big remote control. Boys, oh, they, they did. Like yeah. the beefy RCs, didn't yeah. they? That was, yeah. They were, they always look cool on adverts around Christmas time. Yeah. They were beefy boys. Did you uh, ever have any? Or? I never had a remote control car, I don't think. No. I think if I'd had one, I probably would have destroyed it. Not not I'm just <laughs> not, not out of violence. I'm just a bit crap with them. <laughs> driven it off a cliff or something. I used to have a, I used to have a train set. And uh, but this is, I was a Thomas the Tank fan. So I remember one time getting told off because I reenacted an episode of Thomas the Tank where Thomas fell into the lake. So I drove me Hornby train into a bowl of water <laughs> and stopped working. I was like, that's what happened in the episode. So I'm not allowed a remote control car. Oh. It was in this year that Tycho produced a toy called Tickles the Chimp. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> It's just going from the sincerity of remembering you destroying Thomas the Tank Engine to... Tickles just, the Chimp. Just, just how straight-faced you... <laughs> tickles the Chimp, ladies and gentlemen. Tickles the Chimp. Uh, and what was... Uh... This was a preschool... <laughs> this was a preschool offering that, that laughed when it was tickled, right? At the same time as Tickles the Chimp was being rolled out. <laughs> this is legit! Um, 
At the same time as this was being rolled out to a preschool audience, Tyco signed a licensing deal with the Children's Television Workshop. Ah. So Tickles the Chimp wasn't long for this world as it would become... Tickle Me Elmo. Fondle Me Elmo. Oh, come on. That's right. He may be a puppet, but he's a child puppet. He is a child puppet. Tickle Me Elmo. He's a good lad, Elmo. My voice went there. (laughs) The lump in my throat thinking about Elmo. Uh, Yeah, but Tickle Me Elmo is a special. I mean, that was that was, uh, that was the biggest toy I think of '95. Yeah, was Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, that was huge when that came mm, out. Yeah, that was a big toy. That was. I, w- I wonder how easy it is to get hold of a Tickles the Chimp. Then I wonder if they've become like a collector's I item. I have seen some on eBay. Yeah, they are, so they do exist. Mm. Um, if you if you show wanted one for Christmas, <laughs> if I get you in Secret Santa. <laughs> then I shall sort that out for you. Just a little fun fact about Tycho. <laughs> as we go into our, our next match, which is uh, Skip versus Fartu. Not just any Fartu. Make a difference, Fartu. Yes, indeed. The father of the Usos uh, making a difference yeah. in the wrestling world. Uh, this is where we get footage from the Madison Square Garden event that we yep. talked about at the, at the top of the podcast. Uh, the event for, as Vincent Mann describes, underprivileged and handicapped organized by the mayor of new york it's definitely damage limitation following the oj simpson oh, thing isn't it yes, yeah that is correct cool. uh, and also before the match starts we get an advertisement for the wwf world tour de force this was really really odd just satellite imagery <laughs> cheesy cartoony music and just Vince saying oh we're coming to saginaw we're coming to a fucking upstate new york <laughs> yeah. and utica which is which is getting all our steam tams references. Of course, in. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were more of an Albany boy. <laughs> That's an Albany version. <laughs> Uh, they're in New York throughout this week, in different parts of New York, in sort of <laughs> slums of New York. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Utica's lovely. Um, but they've just got back from Europe. Obviously, these are taping, so we're not seeing much of that. They're back from Europe. Hmm. Um, they had shows last week in Germany, Austria, London, and Hull. Oh. So Hull. <laughs> One of these is not like the other. One others. of these things is <laughs> not like the other. That's right. Austria. Uh, no, uh, Germany, Austria, London, and Hull. I don't know why. Like, they did like a super show. They, well, the thing is, I say super show. The London show and the Hull show were the same in terms of like card strength as Germany and Austria. I don't know why they did Hull. No. Like, and, and it's eight. Hey, great. If you're from Hull, brilliant. But Hull doesn't strike me as a as a hot venue for wrestling yeah and wwf even though this was their leanest of times their leanest of years they were still hot as hell yeah in the uk and i'm thought they could have run anywhere yeah i mean i'm just if you're from hull i'm not taking the piss i'm just genuinely intrigued why they ran hull like, because you could have ran Leeds, you could have ran York, you could have ran Sheffield, you could have ran Rotherham, maybe. Um, <laughs> but like even hi- historical wrestling towns like Liverpool or Blackburn, uh, Blackburn Blackpool, Blackpool or Wolverhampton or... Mm, but Hull, I guess you want to you touch the near, the, you want to touch the north of the country a little bit. So you've done London in the south and, you know, WWE try and balance it these days where you'll have events in the north and yeah. events in the south and... It's just Hull was a weird choice. Not a bad card for Hull as well. Not a bad card. Uh, Man Mountain Rock uh, beat Rad Radford in the opening match. <laughs> Not a bad card. This is the lean years. <laughs> the lean years. <laughs> Waylon Mercy beat Bob Ollie. It's not a bad card. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow and Psycho Sid. 
That's there class. There you go. There we go. There you go. Jean-Pierre Lafitte and Aldo Montoya. It's not a bad card. <laughs> Triple H and Henry O'Godwin. Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Henry O'Godwin. <laughs> Owen Hart and Far Too. Yeah. Razor Ramon and Dean Douglas. Okay. And Diesel versus Yokozuna in the in the main. Um, did John Prescott run in at any point? <laughs> He was a special rep. <laughs> in Yoko. <laughs> just ran into... <laughs> <laughs> Going to James Prescott. Um, you know, like, that's, that is the, that's the best they can do at the moment. <laughs> really? There's a few key players missing from that. British Bulldog's not on the tour. Which is strange. I don't know whether it was a device, whether, it was, whether he had mitigating circumstances in the US, or whether it's a case of if you know, Vince is so adamant... That Diesel needs to be a star. Yeah. If you do Diesel Bulldog in London, yeah, they're gonna boo the shit out of Diesel. And if if I had in Hull actually, if I heard you correctly, no Brett either. Yeah. So like the, the two biggest stars for That's their it. European runs. There was there was a bit of news that I chopped for time. Um, ah, stick it in because of. All B shows after um, November the 1st have been cancelled in the WWF because the belief seems to be that they don't have enough over talent to spread it thin and um, have attractions not at the major shows. So going forward, they'll just be like, right, we can't have B shows because fucking Man Mountain Rock will have to go over people. So, yes, I think the, the... Going forward, they'll just be like, just just pack the shows, get people in, and that, and that's a good shout. Like they were, they they go through stages with this. Like they'll run like A shows and B shows, and then they'll go house show business is down. Maybe nobody wants to go to a show headlined by Bob Holly versus yeah. Quang or whatever. Like so, they just go. Let's just let's, let's just do like smaller shows with a bigger roster. Maybe that's why they did Hull. And maybe Hull's cheaper than some of the other locations they looked at. Testing the market, weren't they? Testing the market for Hull. But this is like a year after they did South Shields. Oh, really? Oh, they used to do Shields quite a bit. Yeah. I've since discovered moving up here that uh, the South Shields, um, South Shields, not South Shields, sorry, I'm saying South Shields, I'm talking bollocks. Whitley Bay Ice Rink ah, is right. where they used yeah. to run, not South Shields. Chikara ran South Shields. Did they? Mm-hmm. There's a great, there was a Chikara, I think maybe two Chikara shows they ran in South Shields. Yeah. Uh, one featured Eddie Kingston, who made his entry, who basically, he'd spent uh, a good couple of weeks on Twitter and anywhere he could telling Matthew from Botchamania that he was going to fucking choke him out when he sees him. And there's a great video online of Eddie Kingston making his entrance in Shields. And... Um, <laughs> marching straight towards the merch stand where Matthew was and just fucking choking him out. <laughs> it's brilliant. God bless Eddie Kingston. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, it may have been North Shields. I'm sure you'll correct me on Twitter. Um, but Whitley Bay Ice Rink was the one where WWF did quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? So, so yeah, not not a hot spot anymore. I mean, they go to the arena now. They yeah, of course, yeah. That's how they were here. They did the arena. Mm. But, uh, well, Whitley Bay used to get a bit of a look in. Uh, so, yeah, so they're doing Hull. They're doing London. Well done. Um, <laughs> so, Skip and Far 2. Good back and forth. Skip leads most of it. Doc Hendricks is apparently stood outside Diesel's locker room because Mabel's gone back there looking to fight some more. <laughs> I ain't finished with you! <laughs> Echoes of my favourite moment on Raw f- for the last five, six years, which was Roman Reigns continually being beaten up 
by Braun Strowman. Yeah. Oh my God. Were you meant to babyface him? Because you fucking did that night. Tipping up the fucking ambulance with him, man. Oh, it was great. Was that the same night that he was running around with a grappling hook and eating cake? <laughs> that... I think it may have been around the same time, at least. How's he not a babyface? Oh, I, lo- I just love the fact that... It was just WWE so desperate to give sympathetic Roman Reigns some 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 love, and it was just like I just remember the cheers getting louder every time Braun <laughs> found him. They were loading Roman into the into the ambulance, and you just hear off screen, "I'm free for you!" And this beast jumps in, <laughs> punching him. The commentators are going, "Oh, this is damn disgusting!" And the crowd are losing their mind. Kill him! Yeah. Kill him! I'm pretty sure he pulls him out of the ambulance. Well, oh, no, no, no. There's one bit where he's on a on a gurney and he just pushes oh, sh- him off the stage. He eats him. <laughs> and then when he's in the ambulance, I'm pretty sure he tips the ambulance. And I was like, yes! What a boy! The fact they didn't go, <laughs> they didn't go to the races with him. They were just like, right, just have Braun Strowman turn up. He doesn't have to wrestle anyone. Or if he does, it doesn't have to be anyone good. Just have him destroy the place. Could have printed money. Whoever gets Adam Shear next, congratulations. Yeah. Just just do that. You'll be fine. Do that. Um, So, um, we're still waiting to hear more because apparently Mabel is going to find Diesel to beat him up some more. That's what we're hearing. Doc, uh, so Skip goes for a superplex back in the match, but he does his back in trying to superplex Fartu. This gives far too time to counter with an Uso splash. Cool. Very Jimmy and Jay for a big three count. Skip is frozen with his legs in the air, shocked from the splash, while Sunny despairs at her man losing again. <laughs> this wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> it was. It was there. This was the second match of the night, and 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 this was just there. Well, it was the second match of the show. The crowd had probably been there for about two days at this point, and they were just knackered. They did not give a shite. It was just this was just background noise to them, sort of reflecting on the beating in the six yeah. man. This was just a bit of background ambience mainly. I mean, I didn't even take. I, I took notes, but reading through it, none none of it's about the match. It's like. Fatu's tights are shite, but his jacket is amazing. Um, Sonny is gorgeous. No apologies. Uh, Skip's light blue boots make him look like a thunderbird. It just shows you how <laughs> nothing this match was, really. We get an update from Doc Hendricks. Uh, well, they try, but they can't hear him. <laughs> you should walk around looking pensive, like you're just <laughs> waiting to deliver bad news. Vince was trying to get his attention, and he was just like... <laughs> No. They cut back after break. Uh, Doc Hendricks says he doesn't want to interview them as they're all too battered. <laughs> says Diesel doesn't. Diesel's angry. Shawn Michaels tried to do an interview but collapsed. And Undertaker is in no state to be interviewed either. He, he does say he could, uh, he could just rush in and interview them anyway if he wants them to. Uh, and Jerry Lawler's going, yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> and Vince is like, don't worry about it. Some telling words here, though. They were like, oh, Diesel's angry. Sean's valiant, but he's worse where. But uh, Unsaker got battered. <laughs> do you reckon Diesel and Michaels had a word in his ear? Oh, do you think so? Very likely. Wouldn't be surprised. Very likely. Uh, Jim Ross goes to the heel locker room, which he manages to get in. <laughs> he fucking burst then. He burst in, uh, which Jim Cornette's upset about. Uh, Bulldog is being very playful here. Oh. <laughs> He's shadowboxing the camera. He goes to nut the camera as well. 
It was brilliant. <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing a grey baseball cap that apparently Princess Di gave him. <laughs> Fuck. Imagine, imagine just how said, did that go down? <laughs> he just said, "Look, he's like, like your hat," and she's like, "Here you go, Davy boy." <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, she. she Cut to a hat shop on London's High Street, <laughs> busy London High Street, where Davy Boy Smith walks in with Diana, and Diana goes, "Is that the hat you want?" <laughs> oh yes, please. <laughs> okay, we'll get that today. Somehow, putting a hat on Davy Boy made him look more English. He just looked he, like a big meathead scally looking for a fight. He, he looked like he just fallen out of the pub and he was going to fucking buy it. <laughs> it was brilliant. He was having the time of his life, pretending to headbutt the camera. Just every <laughs> second, fucking not you. Well, so very playful. <laughs> Jim Cornette says one more time in 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 Otto, in, in Man- where are they? where are they in in, in Canada. Uh, one uh, more Winnipeg, t- <laughs> Winnipeg, Manitoba, Winnipeg, Manitoba. One more time in Winnipeg. When it counts, Bulldog is going to power slam Diesel, and the ref's going to count three, and Bulldog is going to become the WWF champion. Mm. Jim tells Bulldog to take the title back to England, as these people do not deserve it. Bulldog gets the last word, saying, "This Bulldog is hungry, and he needs a bone to chew on. I'm going to come. I'm going to defeat you and take the belt to England where it belongs." Or as he said, I'm going to come to In Your House at 50 Below Hello Winnipeg. Winnipeg! He just shouts Winnipeg at the end. (laughs) Winnipeg! (laughs) Easy, easy. Oh, if he said easy. I was watching this thinking, ah, Bulldog's fucking great. (laughs) Look at him go. When Bulldog has a little bit of the pressure off him in doing a promo and yeah. he can just sort of add an exclamation point, yeah. that's when he's at his finest. Uh, this was him at his finest. Mabel and Moe come in. Mabel's telling Bulldog that he and himself inco- accomplished the impossible mm. because Bulldog pinned uh, uh, Diesel and Mabel beat up The Undertaker. He then promises to bury The Undertaker in Canada under a mountain of <laughs> snow. And uh, <laughs> I mean, great finish. Eagle-eyed viewers would have noticed Sir Moe in the background just like, Right. <laughs> Mabel stood right in front of him so you couldn't even see me so for about two seconds. <laughs> Mo's like, just, just happy to be in the room, lads. And I'm here too. <laughs> Woodcarver. Uh, so that's uh, so we like the Bulldog promo here, don't we? Oh, I love this. This is <laughs> I really love this. The fact you got just Jim Cornette as well is wearing his pants up to his tits with his t-shirt tucked in. He's just like oh, he's fuming. Bulldog's just looking for a fight and a pie. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> Mabel's saying that Davy Boy Smith is his homie. And Davy Boy's like, fuck it, I'm yeah. <laughs> Me and Big Mabel. <laughs> <laughs> You're my home dog. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. What of it? <laughs> what of it? Okay, have you? Quick king, man. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the show ends with a push for the steel cage match next week as a maniacal Jerry Lawler refuses to believe he'll be locked in a cage. We mm. then get a video package for the same cage match they've spent three minutes plugging. So much filler. So much. There is there is so many like like so much chips and salad around this <laughs> tiny burger <laughs> of a show. Like it's just all sides. It's all sides. You, you know when you have like a like what I'd call a nineties barbecue. Whereas now, if you have a barbecue, you might get some good burgers. You might even make your own. Get some nice sausages. But in the nineties, you just get some frozen bastards, throw them on there till they were burnt to a crisp, and one of them would inevitably break into parts. Oh. That broken burnt burger was this episode of Raw. Just in the yeah, middle of a in the middle of a bun. Shout. 
twat load of sauce on it and just hope that you've got enough to <laughs> go with it. Let's hope no one else comes round because we can't we can't split this food any further. <laughs> this so that's that's raw. It was the burger wasn't, but the show. Yeah, one match show. The match at least was 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 enjoyable. It, it was a good match, but the beating was excellent, and everything else was just there. If they'd made Raw half an hour this week, I wouldn't have minded. Or if they'd done, if they if they if they could have set it in a way where they go, maybe last week they could have gone. You're going to watch a six round tag plus. We're going to give you exclusively a match from SummerSlam. Yeah. If they build it a bit more like that, I think it would have been forgivable. Yeah. But it was so blatant that they were just filling. Unfortunately, we've probably got another week to come because I had a look and next week's episode is also from this set of tapings. Oh, jeez. But it was, yeah, it was... Are there more matches at least? I didn't even check. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I clicked, I clicked on the page with, which has the results, like retro respectively. I was like, where's it recorded from? I was like, oh, fuck's sake, they haven't left the building. <laughs> um, Back end of nowhere, fucking Pennsylvania. But yeah, this this really showed you how thin the roster is oh. and how thin they spread it. Watha, watha, thin. Uh, you wrote a wonderful piece on the website about Ring of Honor. Oh, thank you. I wanted to give some love to it at the end of this. Thank you very much. It's a tough week uh, for Ring of Honor as it announces that all its talent was let go. They're planning to take a temporary hiatus at mm. the uh, start of next year. Uh, and you've re- you've sort of looked ahead to what, what Ring of Honor could look like in time to come. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Because I, I woke up on that morning. That was Wednesday night was when the news broke. Mm. And Thursday morning I woke up and I was like, right, I've got a load of thoughts going through my head. And I messaged uh, Shawadi Wadden, good old Mitch Wadden. And the I was like... Cultaholic tribal editor-in-chief. Tribal editor-in-chief. <laughs> and I was just like, look, um, I really want to write about Ring of Honor today. Is that all right? And he was like, yeah, go to the races. And it was... <laughs> and when I'm back, when you're back from there, <laughs> write about Ring of Honor. <laughs> I was like, oh, I lost all my money. <laughs> you said go to the races. Bet the house on sad Kent. Um, <laughs> and... I didn't, at first I was like, do I write an obituary? Being like, oh, you know, the good old days of Danielson and Punk and Joe and McGuinness. And I was like, no. I was like, because they might not be dead. Then I was like, do I write who's going where? And I was like, that's a bit crass. So I just looked at every option and I was like, well, they could come back. As a, like someone said, was it Meltzer maybe um, said there'll be a traditional indie with no contracted talent. But how are they going to run TV and pay-per-views if they've got no contracted talent? Mm. They're not going to be high on anyone's like list well, if, if, of of obligations anyway. If they're just like, well, I've got obligations here at MLW, I can't commit to this Ring of Honor taping if it clashes, etc. Yeah, I think they're good. I think you'd have to be quite creative with that because I know some shows that have had sort of TV taping blocks mm. and they have managed to get away with not having contracted talent there. Yeah, but obviously you uh, you, you 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 dance on the end of a lightning bolt with that because. It could be a case of you build a whole week of shows around um, around EC3, yeah, and then you get signed to AEW, yeah, and then like you've just you built like seven or eight weeks worth of telly around a guy who you're not going to have access to when you start taping again. And this, so those are the risks that you run if you do it that way. Definitely. And what were you saying there about EC3 and you know, say a scenario where someone goes to AEW? I remember only a couple of weeks back, Brody King was basically came out and said. Why, why hasn't Ring of Honor stepped through this forbidden door? Why, why aren't we playing with everyone else? Mm. And I think that's not helped them either. Do you think they've made a, an, a, a decision to kind of 
keep themselves to themselves and isolate themselves? I don't know if... They're waiting make... to be invited. I don't know. I, probably the latter. Because I, I came to the realisation that in our hearts, we still love Ring of Honor, but we are thinking back to 2004, 2005. Yes. Really, we don't really need Ring of Honor anymore. MLW does Ring of Honor better than Ring of Honor does. New Japan does Ring of Honor better than Ring of Honor does. GCW at times does a better. AW. But this is but this is why the this is why the stop down is happening because it's them just going. We're going to come back with a if we you know we're going to come back with a new a new method a new yeah. approach because everyone else is Ring of Honoring right now because Ring of Honor you know the the you know, we talk about you know you say there about the glory days of Ring of Honor the it was like this place where the wrestling was phenomenal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, everyone else went, a lot of the phenomenal Ring of Honor wrestlers got hired by other companies and they made the wrestling phenomenal. Yeah. It was like a virus that spread through wrestling, good wrestling. And all of a sudden, Ring of Honor's sort of like MO, everyone's doing. So it's good that they are taking time to go away and think about what they want to be and how they want to present and then they take it from there. I hope they survive just because you want places for wrestlers to work. Absolutely. But it's, I think it's going to take a while for them to properly figure out what Ring of Honor in 2022 is going to look like. Mm. And you can uh, find out a little bit more about what Jackins thinks about it at cultaholic.com. Check out the YouTube channel later today. I had a lovely chat with Biggie. Yes, you bloody did. That was fun. You've been working your ass off as usual. I had a lovely time. Me and Biggie, we got on like house on fire. Yeah. The do you know what? It's great. I could say to my dad, I was dad, my dad was going, how was, how was work today, son? It's good. I had a chat with the WWE champion. Yeah. And it's like, what? That's ridiculous. And that's cool. And I'm happy with that. I'm very proud of that. Because when, when the news came up that, you know, there could be the possibility of you talking to someone from WWE. Mm -hmm. Remember you saying, I'm going to ask for Big E. And we were just all like, <laughs> yeah, we were just like, fuck it, why not? Go for it. Yeah, and then it felt like 15 minutes later, you're like, I'm going to talk to Big E. Yeah, and we were like, got him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So massive thank you to uh, to WWE for making that happen. That was good. That was good stuff. Uh, he's on tour this week with WWE in the UK. Uh, so uh, WWE, we, we, that's why we talk a lot about the UK tour. And um, I teach him some, some brummy slang. From my from my from my uh, from my home nation, I teach him a little bit of uh, the Brubai. I teach him uh, how to say. Uh, uh, I teach him uh, Boston, 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 which is like it's very good. It's great. Or I tell you, like uh, and tudar a bit, tudar a bit, tudar a bit, <laughs> and go on, film me yeah. uh, Tudar a bit is goodbye. Oh, right. It's like, it's, uh, we just teach a little bit of uh, yeah, just a little bit of the the native tongue. Yeah, uh, as ahead of. Uh, Two big beefy black puddings <laughs> slapping meat. I, I hope he comes out at the show and goes, What oh, <laughs> He did say afterwards, I'm just gonna just I'm just think I'm just gonna nod my head and keep quiet. I don't think I can get my head around it, which is fine. Yeah. He also has a big fear of chickens. Really? <laughs> which we discovered in the interview, which you'll be able to watch on youtube.com slash cultaholic. Mm. Uh, if it's not out now, it'll be out in a bit. <laughs> so that's enough of that. We must now return to our timeline until we are next together. He is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> Tickles the chimp. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna go to bed now. Love that was you horrible. Bye. Love you, bye. I'll tickle your chimp. Oh, hello. <laughs> 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 